If we choose to obey the Lord, we can avoid a lot of hardship. But if we choose to disobey Him, then many things can and will go wrong at one point or another, or at the various points of our life. I know this will not be easy to accept, but the truth is that most of the things that go wrong in our lives are because we have willfully disobeyed God. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about God's mercy. We should by all means try to avoid sin so we can avoid going through hardship and pain now, but even more importantly, to avoid enduring an eternity without God. Whether people accept it or not, everything has consequences, and they can be temporary or permanent. But if we have sinned and we turn away from our sin and to the Lord, we can find His mercy. God is merciful, but we need to repent and convert from sin, and a wise person turns away from sin while God's mercy is still available. Today's message is inspired on Jonah chapter 1, verse 10 to chapter 2, verse 10. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, blessing and honor and glory be to you. Your kingdom come, Lord God, and your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Blessing and honor and glory be to you, O Lord God, for you are worthy to be praised and exalted. Heavenly Father, I humbly ask you that you please forgive my sins, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I know that I can find mercy through you, but when I have a right heart before you, Please, Heavenly Father, always remember us in your mercy and in your grace. And help us, O Lord, not to take your mercy for granted. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray humbly that you may please help us to be sensitive, Lord God. And be attentive to your word, Heavenly Father. Help us, O Lord, to be able to understand and go beyond understanding. To be able to live your word in our lives. That we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, everything for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today's passage can be found in the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verses 10 to chapter 2, verses 10. This is the word of the Lord. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you, for I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, Please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried. And you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas. 
and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The waters surrounded me even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth and its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer went up to you, into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. I think most people have heard of the story of Jonah and the whale. It seems like a children's story, but it is actually a true story. As fantastic as it sounds, there was a prophet named Jonah and he did get swallowed up by a whale and lived in its belly for three days. And of course, there was a kingdom of Nineveh that was evil, but repented from its wrongdoings after Jonah gave God's message and sought after God's forgiveness. This is one of the many treasures within the pages of the Bible that there are real life experiences we can glean valuable life and spiritual lessons from. That is why it is necessary to get into the word of God because that is how faith grows and how we're able to learn God's will for our benefit and the benefit of others. And so what can we glean from this part of Jonah's story? When we disobey God, we cause problems for ourselves and for those around us. Jonah was trying to run away from God's will, from preaching to the Ninevites so they could turn away from their sins and be spared. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh and Jonah disobeyed and went the opposite direction. You see, disobedience brings about unnecessary heartache. Jonah didn't have to go through this terrible experience of being in the belly of this whale for three days, nor was it necessary to put those people in the ship he traveled with in unnecessary risk of battling a storm that could have ended all of their lives. All of that could have been avoided. Nothing happens in a vacuum in this life. Everything we do affects us and other people around us. It is unavoidable. This life is mainly the product of everyone's actions of both good and bad consequences. That's why this life can be so hard sometimes because there are things that we do that affect us and other people's wrong actions also affect us. This is the first thing we can glean, the universal impact that our wrong decisions cause. Let's think for a moment about this experience of living in the belly of a whale. This must have been a dreadful experience. This was no cartoon. It's impossible for Jonah to have had some sort of light while in there. He was in complete darkness, gasping for air most of the time. And of course, the little air he could have gotten was filled with putrid smell. There was no ocean breeze in the belly of this large being. And every time this big fish probably went for its meals was the time for Jonah to battle for his life. Surrounded in darkness, waters rushing in, nothing to hold on to, nothing to help him. And I'm certain that there was no water or food for Jonah. It's hard to understand fully this terrible experience. And again, could have this awful experience been avoided? Of course. And this is another thing we can touch upon about living out completely avoidable bad consequences and experiences. If we choose to obey the Lord, we can avoid a lot of hardship. But if we choose to disobey him, then many things can and will go wrong at one point or another, or at the various points of our life. 
I know this will not be easy to accept, but the truth is that most of the things that go wrong in our lives are because we have willfully disobeyed God. We can blame others, and yes, every one of us have done things that affect other people, but we are usually responsible for the hardship we go through in our own lives. This is the main problem that happens when we sin. God teaches us about sin and that we need to stay away from it, not because he wants to be a killjoy, but because it is for our own good. When we sin, when we go against what God teaches, we are ultimately getting involved with something that causes death, both physical death and spiritual death. Sin is deadly. It's not a game. And it has real consequences, consequences that will affect your eternal destination if you don't deal with them through the Lord Jesus Christ. Some people think that because they don't see tangible consequences right away, that sin has no consequences or that they got away with something. But make no mistake, sin has consequences all of the time and in the worst possible way. The Bible refers to the consequence of sin as a sting from a venomous creature. When a poisonous snake bites a person or a scorpion stings someone, a person may not see the effects of his venom right away. The venom takes its time, but it is in the person's system running through the bloodstream, step by step causing its harm until either the venom is extracted or some sort of antidote is introduced into the body or until the body shuts down and the person dies if they can't deal effectively with the venom. God's word was given to man for a man's benefit. And if God says something is not right, it's to help us, not to destroy us. His will is to impart life and not to cause death. The Bible explains that the wages or the product of sin or what we earn from our sin is death. For it says it very clearly, for the wages of sin is death. The Bible also says in Ezekiel chapter 20 that the soul who sins shall die. The son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. Sin is deadly. Sin destroys. Sin kills. No matter how big or how small, sin is bad for us all. When sin entered the world through Adam and Eve, death entered the world. The whole creation was contaminated with this thing we call sin. And no matter what we try to do physically, we can't change its effects. Everything deteriorates. The environment will continue falling apart. Pollution will still happen. People will continue getting sick and die. This world cannot be made perfect or be transformed in any kind of way. For instance, haven't you seen the pharmaceutical ads for all of the new medicines that are developed? I see those commercials all of the time on TV. A medicine will potentially help deal with one vital issue, but may cause all kinds of other issues. There are medicines where they literally tell you that it could wind up killing you. No matter how much mankind struggles to fix things and to make things better, nothing can really be changed. And this takes us to our other point. This physical life will never be perfect. It has been said before that we could do what is right and yet face hardship because of other people's sin. We can even suffer for doing what is right. And this happens all of the time also. And this is what the Bible says about it. In Matthew chapter five, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So someone might say, 
So what do I gain by doing what is right and still potentially have hardship for doing that? Here is the difference between both instances, between suffering for sinning and suffering for the Lord, if you will. When we disobey the Lord, we gain nothing. On the contrary, you only gain hardship. And what could be far worse, if there is no repentance and conversion from that disobedience, it could impact your eternal destination and entrance into the Lord's kingdom. Because the practice of sin, living a sinful lifestyle before the Lord, will not allow you to inherit God's kingdom. For it is written in Galatians chapter 5, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I told you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is the problem that a person will have for living a life of disobedience and sin before the Lord. And they may or may not suffer hardship here and now, but far worse, they will risk their entrance into God's kingdom. On the other hand, if we suffer for doing what is right, for serving the Lord, then we may have temporary hardship and heartache here and now, but that will afford us great blessing and ample entrance into the Lord's kingdom later. God cares about what we do here and now. We are supposed to do his will while living out this temporary life. The Apostle Peter summed it up this way where it says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, Blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God, and if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. This is the summary of what is being said. When we disobey, we gain hardship. We can lose everything through disobeying God. But if we obey the Lord, we gain blessing and reward and eternity. And life may be a little different here also. That's the major difference. So one of the main things we should glean through this is to always look to obey the Lord, to do what he tells us to do, to treat him like the Lord and God he should be in our lives for our own good and for the good of those that surround us. But here is the other side to that. If you haven't obeyed the Lord, if you choose to disobey, and here is where God's mercy comes in, we can find mercy when we repent from our sins, when we convert from our wrongs. When we abandon our wrongful decisions and turn away from our sins, God welcomes those with a repented and converted heart. And we see those examples throughout the scriptures. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 to 10, it says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. When we are completely honest with the Lord and we repent from our sins with all of our hearts, we can find favor and mercy through the Lord Jesus Christ. But if we continue hanging on to sin and justifying the wrongs that we have done, then there is no forgiveness. That's the ultimate choice we have. It's that simple. The decision may not be easy because we are prone to give in to our sinful desires. But if we overcome with the Lord's help in our lives, because we cannot do this alone, that's why we need to surrender our lives to him, then we can say no to sin and continue being transformed through the work of the Holy Spirit. The ultimate goal of the Father is to transform us and make us into new creatures through Jesus Christ. We are to be renewed and made different day by day through our personal and intimate relationship with the Lord. And here we come back to Jonah's story. Jonah did not stay in his rebellion against the Lord. His difficult consequence helped him understand that what he was doing was wrong. In his selfish desire to just do as he wished, he wound up putting himself in a bad spot and brought upon the people in the ship a very bad time also. And worse, he was depriving so many others from finding God's mercy. Our wrongful actions can have terrible consequences all around. Jonah did finally preach repentance to the people of Nineveh, where he was supposed to have gone in the first place, where God was sending him. And if we read the rest of the book, we find that the people of Nineveh, as a group, repented from their sins, and they found God's favor through their repentance. The people of Nineveh were extremely evil, but God wanted to show his mercy on them. This is how the book ends when the Lord says, and should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand and much livestock? The Lord had mercy on Jonah when he repented from his sins. And the Lord had mercy on Nineveh when all of the people repented from their sins as well. God did not destroy the city at the time as he had said he would. God is very merciful, but he can only extend that mercy when we make the decision to turn from our evil ways. And this is the last point. We have all been given free will according to the word of God. We see this premise everywhere. God even let Jonah, his prophet, make the choice of going the wrong direction. God doesn't force anyone. God wants for all of us to choose out of our own free will for him and to do his will. At every point in time, we have the opportunity to choose. The circumstances may not be conducive to certain choices, but you are free to choose. Jonah could have chosen to remain in his fallen state and died because of obstinance and rebellion. But Jonah chose to evaluate his circumstances and to turn to the Lord and obey him. If you have made some bad decisions by not obeying the Lord, I would urge you, take advantage of God's mercy and turn to the Lord with all of your heart. Repent and convert from all of your sins, even from the ones you don't understand yet, if they are wrong or right. I urge you to cling on to the forgiveness and grace we can all find through the Lord Jesus Christ so you can avoid going through the consequences of your actions eternally. Take advantage of God's mercy while it is still available today. God is a merciful God, and he's merciful all of the time. 
Most people may not think so, but he is, especially if you think about all of the good he does and all of the opportunity he gives, while most people either rebel against him or take him for granted or even refuse to accept him for what he is and what he does day in and day out. God is good. His mercy and goodness are the only things that are in the way of his justice from taking over, from him doing away with everything and starting over. He could do that, you know. He could decide at any given moment to just wipe the slate clean. Or think about this. He could stop giving people the opportunity to repent and convert by just allowing them to stop breathing or for their heart to stop beating or for something catastrophic to just happen. He can do that. And that does happen all the time also. We need to think about how much we depend on him, about how many things that are completely out of our control that he allows to happen. When your time is up, there's nothing you can do physically. All the money in the world cannot stop you from dying if he has determined your time. There is no other power in the universe that can hold back your time to go if God has so ordained it. What is fame going to do for you when it is your time? The only thing that fame will do when your time is up is that there will be some more people than usual that will take notice of your departure. But fame cannot save you. We live in a very superficial and vain world today, and many people think that plastic surgery or injections can make you younger. And I have to say that looks don't turn the hands of time within your body. A person may look great and say that they feel great, but just because they look 20 or 30 doesn't mean that the clock has stopped working in other areas. Nothing can stop what's coming to you if it has been ordained by the Lord. Am I trying to depress you? No. But this is reality. And if a person does not see reality and understand reality and get confronted with reality, then they will continue ignoring reality and not have the opportunity to make coherent and logical decisions. Jonah understood that he could have died through this experience. His life could have ended, and in the worst possible way, in rebellion against God. The reality of his physical end was visible and very tangible. Our physical end may not be tangible at this moment, but we can go at any moment, and there is nothing we can really do about it. And then what? It is written, And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. When you die, and die you shall, it may be five minutes from now or 50 years from now, you will stand before the Lord and you will give an account for what you have done in this life and for the reasons why you have acted. God will give every person according to the intent of their heart, for it is also written, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. I urge you, take advantage of God's mercy while there is still time. Seek after his forgiveness while things can still be made right. Avoid doing those things that can only bring you heartache and pain. Avoid going through unnecessary dreadful circumstances. God is great in mercy, but don't mistake his kindness and mercy for weakness or worse for non-existence. Take the opportunity to change it all around through the Lord Jesus Christ and begin living for your eternity rather than contributing to your eternal perdition. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, help us, O Lord, to understand your mercy and to be able to see all the things that you do for us, all the things that you have done and that you do continually, Lord God. 
Above all, help us, O Lord, to see the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, of Lord God, of what you did on the cross for us through him. Heavenly Father, help us to value that. Help us to value all of the things that you do for us. And help us to understand, Lord God, that if we have sinned against you, if we have done wrong against you, that we should turn away from that sin, Lord God, with all of our hearts, that we should repent and convert, Lord God, to you. Help us, O oh Lord, to change, to become what we need to become for our own good and for the good of those that surround us. Heavenly Father, help us to value your mercy and to cling on to it like we need to. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.